0: You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I hope you all are having a wonderful Tuesday. Welcome back. To Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for all IU athletics news. I am your host, as always, Jacob Rude, and we are inching closer and closer to the start of football season. College football is about two and a half weeks away, NFL football just the same. And if you guys have any fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft in the coming weeks, don't miss out on Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday. August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. That is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, They will be streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page, so you can subscribe now so you don't miss it. Uh, Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live, so submit them ahead of time to Locked On Network on Twitter. We have a football-packed episode for you today. Monday's show was full of basketball news. That will probably be the last time that that'll be the case before about November, so plenty of football to talk about today. Michael Penix talked to the media for one of the first times, at least since practice started, one of the first times this fall. We have some quotes from him about how he's doing, whether he thinks he'll be ready for the opening game against Iowa. We also had Tom Allen talk uh, first about Saturday scrimmage, which was IU's first kind of uh, look at the offense versus the defense and get a better sense of what to expect, Um, and talked a little bit about the offensive line, a little bit about the running backs, so a lot to talk about there, and then we will finish talking about the story of the weekend for football, Uh, The Big Ten, ACC and Pac-12 alignment talk, what it means, what's the point of it, um, whether things will change, a lot to talk about there. Before we jump into it though, if you guys haven't already, subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you're listening to podcasts. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Rude. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. As I said, Michael Penix talked to the media on Monday And we have all of the important quotes from him. It was a very positive uh, talk and gave a lot of information. Uh, First and foremost, probably as clear of an answer as we're going to get on whether he'll be ready for the opener. He said, uh, quote, I'm feeling really good. I feel like I'm ready to play. I know when September 4th comes, I know I'll be ready 100% with no concerns. That is about as definitive as an answer as we have gotten and probably as definitive an answer as we will get until uh, potentially when the next two-deep depth chart comes out um, or leading up to the Iowa game. This staff kind of likes to keep things um, hidden or in the shadows until absolutely necessary. I'm not sure Tom Allen is ever going to explicitly come out and say Penix is a starter, not until he absolutely needs to. So, but this coming from Penix should seal the deal. Sounds like he is going to be ready to return. It'll be roughly eight and a half, nine months after his ACL injury, which now nowadays is about the timetable for a healthy return. So, really exciting news. Uh, Penix, obviously, we've talked a ton about this preseason. He obviously raises the ceiling of this team. And this team is only going to go as far as Penix can take it. Um, he talked about a couple other things. One of the things that I thought was noteworthy, um, he talked a little bit about it, but Tom Allen talked about it as well, is some of the work he's done in cleaning up his mechanics, which he said he kind of wants to get a faster release, a little less motion in there, and which it's hard to imagine him throwing a faster uh, pass because that, that man has a rocket for an arm. But on that note, Tom Allen said he's been, Penix has been working on throwing a more catchable ball. I think one of the things at times that has um, hurt Penix is that he wants to throw everything as a fastball, which some situations don't call for that. Also makes it hard for receivers to catch it at times. Uh, Tom Allen said, quote, he's got more touch on the deep ball. That's been a big focus, being able to throw a more catchable ball at times. I guess when you're young, you're trying to throw the fastball all the time. But you learn how to have a different approach and throw a more catchable ball, end quote there. That isn't to say Penix hasn't been able to make all sorts of great throws. He has good touch on passes. It's just kind of learning when to use it, when to throw the fastball. So if he is able to put a little more touch, um, throw some more catchable passes in certain situations. uh, That certainly bodes even better for him and the IU offense. He's certainly one of the least, uh, the things I worry least about with IU, but the better he gets, as I just said, the higher the ceiling goes for IU football. Um, We saw Jack Tuttle last season. Terrific performance in a really, really tough spot. He also spoke to the media today um, as well, but he is able to kind of keep the floor high for this IU football team, but the ceiling certainly isn't nearly as high with Tuttle at quarterback Um, so Tuttle had some interesting quotes as well. It sounds like him and Penix are pretty close, especially on the field, which is not something that always happens between a starter and a backup. It's a lot of times those two are in competition, which is still the case here, but sounds like those two are kind of working in tandem instead of against one another. Penix had a couple more quotes that I thought were interesting. He was asked, to talk about any new players or guys that have stood out to him. One guy, he, he singled out a lot of people. I, I guess singled out isn't the, the right word. He talked about a lot of people. But one guy specifically that um, is going to be interesting to this team's offense was DJ Matthews, the wide receiver transfer from Florida State that is probably going to be a starter from game one. I would assume is going to fill kind of that WAP your role in the offense. Uh, Pinnock said, he's a guy that's going to make big plays for us this season. We know that Pinnock's and Matthews pretty much from the time Matthews got here in the spring, Pinnock's reached out to him. Um, those two have been working out together as much as the COVID protocols have allowed, um, both during practice and outside of practice. The other really encouraging thing for IU fans, Tom Allen has talked a lot this fall, this preseason, about Penix stepping up as a leader within the program, which makes sense considering he's he's at this point become one of the most experienced players um, on the field, and you want your QB1 to be a leader as well. Uh, One thing specifically that stuck out during his press conference was a quote he had just kind of about uh, learning from his mistakes. Uh, Quote, if I didn't make a throw in practice, I make sure I get it after practice. Rep it over and over so we don't make those mistakes and misses when we need them. We're just making sure we get that extra work in with that same receiver on that same spot of the field. This is something he's talked about a little bit before. This specific quote is encouraging, always wanting to get the play right, the route right, the throw right, so that both, not just he can do it, but the receiver sees it coming out of Penix's hand. They can build that relationship that way, rep after rep. This, the, Obviously, there's a lot of reasons to be really excited about Penix. His work ethic and his leadership are maybe things that aren't talked about as much as just his physical skill. I think those two things are going to be really important this season. We've seen a lot of guys say lots of things about how uh, expectations are different this season. It's going to be a big test for IU football. Um, obviously the AP poll came out on Tuesday. IU is ranked number 17, basically the same spot they were ranked in the coaches poll. Uh, If you want to hear my thoughts kind of on preseason polls and whatnot, we discussed that last week. You can go find that episode. I, I won't dive into any more of that, but This IU team is going to have a lot of expectations. First time they've been ranked in the preseason since the late 60s. For them to meet those expectations, guys like Michael Penix, guys like Ty Freifogel, Marcelino Ball, um, Taiwan Mullen, all those guys are going to have to step up both on the field and as leaders. It's a really interesting dynamic for this team because this isn't a situation any of them have been in anybody around the program has ever been in when it comes to IU and Bloomington. So encouraging things for Michael Penix. Most, Most importantly, sounds like he will be ready for the opener just to clear any doubt anybody may have. I know it's IU football, and it's easy to have some doubt. So Tom Allen also spoke, obviously, and he talked a bit about the scrimmage they had on Saturday, their first scrimmage, first of two and had some surprising things happen during that scrimmage. So uh, we'll detail what he talked about here in just a moment. If you're like me, going to an auto parts store is tedious and time-consuming. usually just ends up with the person behind the counter looking up your part online, telling you it's not in store, and ordering it anyway. So why not just skip the middleman, head to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket, and look up the part yourself. You can save time and money with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low. Uh, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need, rockauto.com. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game's rigged against you, you're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You really don't stand a chance. Uh, Daily Fantasy Sports is one of the most fun types of fantasy sports and betting that I enjoy, but I never went at it, so I've stopped playing it. Let me introduce you, Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts a player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner takes all. You have the advantage and Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it's meant to be, one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to statherocom on, sign up for free right now and you can get 3 times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. StatHero.com slash on So mention that Tom Allen spoke about the scrimmage from Saturday. Now, surprisingly, he noted that the offense got the better of the defense on the day. This defense is we've talked a lot about the accolades that are coming their way. They have an all-American cornerback on the field. That the offense was ahead of them on this day is certainly an encouraging sign. Um, Allen said, quote, I thought the offense got the upper hand on the defense. They outperformed them. That's probably the first time that happened during fall camp for an extended amount of play, which was good to see as well. That last bit we're going to touch on here in a second. But Penix talked about the execution of small things with the wide receivers and the running backs making plays was kind of the difference. He also talked a lot about trusting each other, just doing their job and knowing that everybody else would be doing it. Now, One of the big things both that went wrong last year and kind of the key points to watch this year is the offensive line. There was hardly ever any run game for the Hoosiers last season. That's why Pennix ends up throwing 50 times against Ohio State. Um, It's why Wap Fillier had so many catches. We've talked a lot about it. Those kind of short routes by Fillier almost served as a running game of sorts to keep defenses honest. Talked a ton about it. The good news is the offensive line looked good. Tom Allen said, quote, I did think our offensive line blocked well. I thought we threw the ball well and ran the w- ball well early in the scrimmage. I thought we were physical on the offensive line, and something that is being emphasized and we are working really hard on is that unit playing well. I thought they did some really good things. Uh, Pennick said that the offensive line is making huge steps as well, all very encouraging things. Uh, Again, this defensive line is going to be a very strong unit as well, I think. Really, the whole defense, I think, is going to be really good. The defensive line may be one of the weaker areas just because of turnover, though they've had a couple transfers come in. Ryder Anderson, I know, that um, are going to really strengthen that group back up. It's going to be interesting as well because if the defense is as good as Tom Allen wants it to be, which is a top 10 defense it's certainly a, you're looking at a top 25 defense or so as a baseline then the offense has spent the entire summer spring fall going up against a defense that few teams are there on their schedule are going to be better than so in that regard it's kind of iron sharpens iron now while the offense may have got the better of the defense on Saturday, certainly did not sound like that was the norm. You heard that part of the quote from Tom Allen a minute ago. He also said, quote, I also think the defense kind of dominated for several days in a row, uh, leading up to the scrimmage. And you kind of have that unfortunate human nature to let up a little bit thinking it's going to be, it's going to kind of go as it's been. And it wasn't that way on Saturday. Uh, Allen also said that the defense rebounded on Monday and was better than the offense, so he's a defensive first coach. I'm sure he, even though he is a head coach overall, I'm sure he always wants his defense to outshine the offense. Um, I'm sure he was much happier on Monday with how they bounced back, but it's interesting nonetheless that the offense was able to kind of answer the bell and outperform the defense, especially... kind of their first testing grounds Uh, there they talked penix specifically talked about how he still can't do a lot of scrambling running against pressure Uh, tom allen is obviously protecting him for all the reasons we talked about in the first segment so that they were still able to do that despite penix not being able to use a skill that's very strong for him is encouraging last thing Worth noting that Tom Allen talked about was the running backs, which we've talked a lot about. He more or less confirmed that Stephen Carr is the guy, which we, everybody kind of assumed was a case with Samson James transferring. Uh, he said, quote, Stephen Carr, I think is obvious, emerging as the lead candidate. He does a lot of things well. He can obviously run the football, but he can pass protect. He has really good hands and understands a game. He has played a lot of football and understand how to run. Some guys just have that knack to them. He did some good things for sure. He has big shoes to fill, obviously, with Stevie Scott leaving. And and really, Stevie Scott had big shoes to fill as well, um, with the likes of Jordan Howard before him, Tevin Coleman before that. Indiana's really started to produce some really strong running backs. A lot of that was due to Mike Hart. Now Della McCullough is in there as a running backs coach. So, Stephen Carr is just another guy that's going to step in with some big expectations like the names before him, and it's going to be really interesting to see how he adapts. He obviously has, I don't want to say won the starting job necessarily because it seems like he came in as the leader in the clubhouse, but he did enough to where the guy in second just left, which isn't any knock on Samson James, but... He made it clear enough that he was the best guy that uh, nobody else could come close to him in the in the fall. So that's an encouraging sign to see that he's performed this well. I'm really excited to see what he is going to be able to do. Hopefully uh, behind that offensive line we talked about that is improving as well. So some encouraging things from practice on Monday and just the from Penix, from Jack Tuttle, from Tom Allen. More reason to get excited about this team. Now, off the field, away from the uh, the football field, there are some interesting things happening with the Big Ten Conference, which I'm sure many people saw with this Big Ten ACC Pac-12 alignment or pact, whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about what that was, what it means. Um, whether it will impact Indiana or any of the Big Ten schools, what's the whole point of it. Uh, we'll do that here in just a moment. So obviously the college football season is rapidly approaching. If you guys want to do any betting this season, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We have talked that the Indiana-Iowa game has been up for quite a while now. Uh, that line has already dropped to Indiana plus four. It's been at plus four and a half. Go jump on that if you're a real believer in Indiana. Betting on Indiana is how I've made a lot of money in the last two years. Basically, the, the sports books haven't really adjusted to Indiana being good. Basically, if you're feeling really optimistic, they have a game of the year section for 2021. Some of the big games for this season Indiana Ohio State is up there. Indiana's a 10 point underdog. Obviously, they always play Ohio State close. If you think it's going to be a one possession game this year, if you think Indiana might win the game this year, head on over there, throw some money down. It's Indiana plus 10. Um, Win some money right now before that line drops anymore. Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your team preps for their runs to the playoffs, runs to the start of the season, whatever it may be. Head to the website or use use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen by now the story from The Athletic that dropped on late Saturday. Um, I believe it actually might have been on Friday afternoon. Regardless, the Big Ten, Pac 12, and ACC are in discussions about forming an alliance. Uh, It was from Max Olson and various other members of the athletic staff helped out on this, but it led to some interesting discussions. So the gist of it is that the, as I said, the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC are engaging, quote, in high-level discussions about an alliance. What that alliance could entail, we'll discuss here in a moment. First, it's very clear, and they... Say as much in the piece that this is kind of a counterpunch thrown right back at the SEC after the Oklahoma Texas realignment and bringing them into the conference in 2025. Um, they saw, I think, these conferences see the SEC as a growing threat. And right now, the best way to handle that is to join up so that they always have a bigger sway in these things than the SEC does. Uh, Three is better than one, basically. If you're each voting as one conference, the SEC is going to eventually, seems like, be bigger than each of those individual conferences. You join together. Easy math. So, what this entails, first they mentioned kind of scheduling alliances. I think that is far on the back burner for them. A scheduling pact is kind of meaningless right now. Football scheduling obviously is silly, and that they schedule things all the way out till twenty thirty two. So any kind of scheduling pact isn't even going to be able to take place until like twenty thirty five, unless these conferences are open to sacrificing a conference game to play a cross conference team, an ACC team, a Pac twelve team. If you're Big Ten, um, I'm not sure how thrilled they would be at that. I think there's a better case for playing more conference games, not less. And you're certainly not going to be able to convince any of these teams to get out of their contracts with other schools for non-conference games. So I'm not really sure that scheduling is their main concern with this. Their obvious main concern is about unifying their votes to keep the SEC at bay. Um, One interesting thing is that uh, it was mentioned in the piece explicitly that none of the schools have expressed an interest or a serious interest in rating what's left of the big 12. We talked few, I believe two weeks ago, actually about whether the big 10 might have interest in picking up some of these schools from the big 12. It seems like the big 12s days are numbered, especially after this came out, um, But really the only schools that kind of fit were Iowa State and Kansas. Doesn't sound like the Big Ten's very interested in having them join up. I will say this piece mentions that the conferences would agree not to really pick off from the Big 12 and just kind of let the Big 12 stay in peace. Maybe they can expand with some smaller schools. Nobody is probably leaving this Big Ten ACC Pac-12 alignment if this all comes together. So... The Big Twelve is just kind of in purgatory right now. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with them. It was also interesting that uh, this came after the Big Twelve and Pac-12 had a meeting um, about kind of possibly joining an alliance. There, um, the Big the Pac-12 commissioner, whose name I will absolutely butcher and I'm not going to try, <laughs> um, he came to the table with Kevin Warren and Jim Phillips after that and said let's make an alliance so clearly the big 12 is not of anybody's concern right now but more than anything for this alliance is that if they come together um they have a voting advantage over the sec when it comes to individual ad's voting for things their advantage is 41 to 16 Even if you get every Big 12 team to join in with the SEC, at this point, that's only eight teams left. You're at 41-24. So that is why they are doing this. The Big 12, or excuse me, Big 10, Pac-12, and ACC want um, to have their way when it comes to college football playoff, scheduling, all sorts of things. They want the power. That's what everything in the NCAA and with college football alignment has always been about, is making sure you have the power. That's all this comes down to. Now, it seems almost, the way this was worded, it kind of seems inevitable almost that this is going to happen. Seems like they're going to maybe figure out the scheduling stuff later and announce that they have an alliance. Maybe by the time you're listening to this that it's already been announced. Um, it doesn't really change any of the thoughts I have on it because I think that's going to be their end goal, regardless. But something to keep an eye on. Not surprising that there was a counterpunch, more or less, thrown by these conferences after the SEC lands Oklahoma and Texas because that was a big move. So certainly something to watch, keep an eye out. It'd be interesting to see how a scheduling pact would work. It might be more reasonable or realistic with other non-college football sports, and maybe that's something they have in mind as well. Maybe you have a Big Ten Pac-12 challenge as well as a Big Ten ACC challenge. Who knows? But it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Certainly seems, as I said, almost inevitable that this is going to happen. That will wrap it up for today's episode. I appreciate you guys for sticking around, listening through another episode of Locked on Hoosiers. We have more to discuss throughout the week. IU men's soccer kicked off their season unofficially late Monday with an exhibition game. Might try to find some details out about that. And obviously more IU football news will be coming throughout the week with more press conferences. And as I said, we're working on getting some guests to come into the show and talk about these sports as well. So you don't have to listen to just my voice all the way to the build up to the season. As I said at the beginning, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers, leave a rating, leave a review. While you are there, head over to Locked on Bets where betting on the Hoosiers in college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. The new Locked on Bets podcast is hosted by your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. So get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Hope you guys have a wonderful day in Elio.